Did you know that the Pop Culture Preservation Society depends on support from listeners like you to keep our podcast up and running? We are an independent operation, creating, producing, distributing, and promoting the podcast by ourselves and paying for it out of our own pockets because we love it and we think it's worth it to preserve the well-loved cultural nuggets from our Gen X youth. If you'd like to become a supporter of the PCPS, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and search for Pop Culture Preservation Society. Our Patreon supporters are like our pit crew, giving us the fuel we need to keep on trucking. And as a Patreon supporter, you'll also get special thank you gifts, like video recordings of our episodes, after the episode discussions, invitations to live events over Zoom, and the occasional blooper delivered straight to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening and for being a part of our society. People also mentioned um, Bananas Magazine. Oh, my God. That just means I got to listen to it, everyone. I was like, uh huh. And then it was like, it was delayed almost. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Hello, world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of love, and it's what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who built their book collection one scholastic book order form at a time. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be saving the anticipation and the joy that exploded on one very special day. We're talking about the school book fair and the day that big box of book orders landed on your teacher's desk. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Our state fair is a great state fair. Don't miss it. Don't even be late. Boom, boom, boom. It's dollars to donuts that our state fair is the best state fair in our state. Our book fair is the best, best book fair. Don't miss it. Don't even be late. It's dollars to donuts at our book fair. It's the best book fair in the state. <laughs> so it turns out Carolyn doesn't know what that's from. Michelle, of course, knows what's that from because it's from the movie State Fair. And they're going, and it's state, whatever, Kristen, nobody cares. <laughs> I just loved singing Our Book Fair is the Best Book Fair. So this this episode was inspired by a tweet that went viral, meaning it resonated with all the people in which someone said they've spent their whole adult life chasing the feeling they got at the school book fair. And I don't disagree. No. No. It was everything. It was everything. That feeling, wasn't it? Yes. I loved it. It was it was all the things that I loved then and I still love today. It was stickers. It was books. It was pens. It was notebooks. It was bookmarks. It was cl- colors. And it was all in one place, right? And the fact that it wasn't like a brick and mortar store, it was something that only happened. Like it was an event. Right. It only happened mm-hmm. twice per school year, maybe. It made it that much more exciting and joyful for me because, yeah, because it was a store that came to us. Yeah. And that was such mm-hmm. an event. And you got out of school. You right. Got you got out to miss, your class. miss some class. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And you got, you had choice. You had agency over what you looked yes. at, what yes. you chose. Um, that to me was the big 
fun part of it and carrying my, mm-hmm. my little stack around and then deciding, oh, I only have X amount of dollars. I better, do I really want, you know, two Mad Libs or just one <laughs> Mad Lib and, you know, a Garfield book? Right, it was very right. grown up. You yes. felt very grown up. You know what's right. so weird? I don't have a single memory of going to the book fair. I only have memories of the feelings. Same. Same. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. And it was the feeling of, of you remember how so, the book fair would always be held, usually during like parent-teacher conferences or something. Yeah. So during the day, though, your class had a, a scheduled time to go. So yes. maybe your teacher said, book fairs this week, we're going Wednesday <laughs> at, you know, after music. So that's when you could maybe bring your money. So mm-hmm. like Carolyn just said, nobody was telling us what we could and couldn't buy. And we had to also do some budgeting, right? Mm -hmm. But you're walking around as maybe a seven-year-old getting (laughs) to decide that I want 10 bookmarks. And that's all I'm getting. (laughs) When maybe if your mom was with you, your mom or your dad would be saying, no, 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 don't get 10 books. You know, diversify, right? Yeah. (laughs) Take, also, how about these pencils? But what if you were like, no, I want these 10 bookmarks. I do have a memory of going in school. And I can't even believe that Lillian did this. Lillian gave me a blank check. What? What? It was filled out to Scholastic Book Fair, signed, dated, and then my job was, I did have a limit, so it, okay, it was, I was similar to say. having the money. Um, but $50, I had this check in an envelope that I carefully carried with me. And then when I would go up to, you know, check out, there were parent volunteers and they would fill in in the dollar yes. amount and they'd write the, the oh check. Oh my God. I know. Can you believe it? And I think it's because my mother was such a reader. This was a time where she yeah. trusted me. Mm-hmm. She might have said, only one pencil, Carolyn. You can't come home with more than one pencil or I'll never do this again. I'm sure there were those mm-hmm. qualifications. There were stipulations. Um, but yeah, it was this kind of, I mean, I used it as kind of the idea of this shopping spree in a way. Yeah. But yes, for yeah. my mom to give me a blank check, that is a huge That's deal. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. What if you lost the check on the I, way to school? I was thinking of that too. I yeah, was trust me, too. you guys, you know That's like, a lot you know of pressure. Lillian, she used to, when she would mail checks to the kids, like for their birthdays or whatever, oh my gosh, she would call me like two days after she met, have you gotten the check yet? I yeah, right. check hasn't cleared <laughs> yet. Or it. like the kids hadn't, you know, endorsed it and said, <laughs> wait, should I cancel the check? I haven't seen it. I mean, she was like paranoid <laughs> yeah. about these checks where I finally just started to say, don't yeah. send, you don't have to send any money anymore. Yeah. So thinking back to the fact that she let me take a check to school that was luckily filled out to Scholastic Book Order, but everything else was empty was, whoo, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, Lillian, that's mm-hmm. how much she loved books. Well, I, I do, I feel really fortunate and that I, um, I think I rarely had like a limit because my mom as well loved books and loved things, you know, all the things. And she loved that we loved it. So um, I do feel very fortunate. Of course, we probably weren't, you know, paying rent that month. So (laughs) we had to go. It was book fair month. We couldn't, we can't pay rent. Right, right, right. And when we say, we should clarify, when we say book fairs, we could be talking about two different things, two sides of the same coin. One being the annual event in which the library or the gym or the lunchroom was transformed into a bookstore, like Michelle said, usually during parent-teacher conferences. And the other being the book order forms that got sent home in our backpacks for us to shop. It was like a Sears wish book for books. And (laughs) these two things served the same purpose and they elicited the same responses. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, because the book order was also like a store coming to us, just came to our classroom. And it came in that, oh, gosh, you guys, can you just still feel that newsprint, that really thin, thin newsprint? Yeah. And you can almost see through Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You could almost see when you turned it, you could see the images of the books on the other side because it was so thin. And do you guys remember that the teachers would get them in one big stack? And then if you got to pass them out, they were all folded, but like all folded together. So I remember if you passed them out, you almost had to like lick your finger and pull each Mm -hmm. one out and go put it on everybody's desk. That was... That was so and I exciting. remember how flat and and pristine they were when they got passed out. And yes. within minutes, they'd be like crumpled and fat. <laughs> and but mine, of course, was pristine because I want. I just treasured oh, it. I I oh wanted it to gosh, stay pristine. Oh, yes. I know. And the worst was if you changed your mind, like you filled it out. Do you remember trying to erase something on there? And oh, God, it was yes. so thin. Yes, it would be like you'd almost rip it when you had mm-hmm. to like erase. Oh. I can't get both of these. You'd erase a hole in it. Yes. Mm -hmm. The, the anticipation of getting, when you, when you saw that new one on your desk and for me, especially as a reader and a book lover, knowing that I had all those little synopsis to read and all the different little squares, just starting at the beginning and I would circle and I'd be like, oh oh, yeah, no, that one seems like a scary book. No. And then you'd go to the next (laughs) one, circle it. And then I would have all these books circled and I'd take it home and show it to my mom. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. here's what I like, you know, circling. Mm Once again, we asked our followers um, on social media to share their book fair and book order memories with us. And we loved, loved, loved the responses that came in. So many. Um, And so many feelings, right? Like we were just talking about. We also, you know, you guys who listen, you're really, your memories are really impressive. Some Better so than many mine. specific oh. memories of book titles and book things. We were like, what? Wow. I don't know what you guys, what kind of vitamins you guys are taking, but, um, but the feelings, we love that. And our friend Shane, who is at 87 Ragged Tiger on social media, he said, the best memory of the scholastic experience was the feeling that I got when the teacher carried that box into the classroom. It was suddenly all caps, book order day. And then like, you know, <laughs> trumpets. Ta-da! Uh, Shane says, looking at the cover, the feel and smell of your new book with the order strip tucked into it yes. like a bookmark. Yes, yes Shane, yes. I love that memory too. <laughs> he said, and then I love the Shane goes, I just gave myself butterflies in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so relatable. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then our friend, S-V-A-C-H-A-K, so whatever. Um, The best part was the day the books came in and the teacher would bring your order to your desk just before the day's dismissal bell. I couldn't wait to get home and start reading what I ordered. Mm -hmm. That, again, is so relatable, which for me brings up another core memory. Being a fourth grade teacher and having the book order experience from that perspective. You guys, I... When I got the scholastic book orders and I knew it was time to pass them out, it was an event in my classroom. I would spend like 30 minutes. We would go over. It wasn't like I passed them out at the end of the day and said, take them home, look them over with your parents. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) We went through them meticulously together. And then when that book order came in, when I'd go to school and I would see that box with my name on it, and I knew that I got to open that box, it was like freaking Christmas morning. (laughs) So like when they were at recess, I would... I mean, just sorting them and opening the box and seeing those shiny covers all stacked up. And then I could sort them. And then Shane, just like, just like Shane said, I would tuck their order 
in the top book and I would go place them on all their desks. I feel like I skipped when I was doing it. (laughs) I loved it. You guys, it it might have been one of my very favorite parts of being a teacher, to be honest with you. I mean, just imagine that visual. And then you can, and I just nipple lightning to myself, imagine the visual of you coming from recess and there are all of the books stacked on Mm -hmm. each desk with the little strip of paper Mm-mm. in the top. Did they come in? I'm just picturing it now. Did Were they like walking down the hall in their yeah. lines and then they turn the corner oh. and then did they run? Run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like Christmas morning for them. And they yes. always felt bad for the kids who didn't order any. Oh, ow. Oh God. Ouch. <laughs> you just pierced my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michelle, I want to just ditto everything you said because um, like you, I was a teacher for a hot second. I actually taught sixth grade. So luckily, um, that was still the age where this was um, something I could do. And I, much like when I was a parent, I wanted to recreate for my students that feeling that I had when those books came in. And then I remember, kind of like you said, Michelle, too, do you remember, like, we would get points as teachers based on either the number of books the kids ordered or the dollar amount. And getting to spend that, it was almost like that feeling again of being a kid. Like, oh my gosh, I have X amount of points. And I could, and there were some special like teacher books that you could get um, and special deals. And oh my gosh, that was so fun. So Yeah. yeah, when I got that book order box, it was just as much fun for me to see the books that I had ordered and gotten as it was for me to stack them for the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know even know if that was one of the reasons I became a teacher, just so I could have that <laughs> I'm serious. So uh, another one of our followers, C. Corpstein, shared this. She said, her grandkids always talk her into picking them up from school during the book fair because they know that she will buy them books. Of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? While I'm not a grandmother, I can tell you as a parent, I was such a pushover at the book fair <laughs> and my kids knew it. Okay. Uh, I loved those book fairs so much. And you guys might have done this too, that I would even volunteer to oh, help. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, yes. So Every time. I was quick to do the setup. If you, I could do the setup where you undo, you know, you unpack the boxes, you, the scholastic rep told you where to put everything and you got to make your own little pile. Yeah. Another one of our followers, Dutch Gal, wrote this. I would save my change from my lunch money every week so I could buy one of the 99-cent books. I remember storing all of my change in the corner of my desk in a little tiny box. To this day, I remember the feeling when the scholastic box came to the classroom. It was so exciting. I get goosebumps. I Seriously. (laughs) And I want to go back to, you know, it was so exciting when the book order came, but do you remember that time when you kind of knew, oh, the book order could come any day now? Like yes. it was that window of possibility. <laughs> mm-hmm. So every time you'd come back from gym or wherever, <laughs> you'd be like, it's today the day. No, it's today yeah. the day. And, and as a teacher, so you, as a teacher for about six days straight, you heard, did the book order come? Mrs. Newman, Mrs. Newman, did the book order come? Have you checked again? Did you check the office again? Did you check? And I would be like, shut up. Another tweet that went viral said, you should marry someone who makes you feel the way you felt during book fair week in grade school. Well, there you go. The end. There you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We don't need couples <laughs> like, therapy. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, doesn't that say it all? Yeah. yeah. That's good advice. What if but, they don't make you feel that way anymore? 
Well, okay. Should <laughs> oh, we? That's no. another episode. <laughs> wow. This just took a hard turn. <laughs> okay. I just had a great idea. So what if, you know, you're 29 years in, you're 30 years in, and you don't have that book fair feeling with your significant other anymore. At the end of this, we're going to talk about um, our grown-up book fair. What if you had a couple's grown-up book fair? Oh, Ooh. and, and maybe, actually do sell the couple's yes. grown-up book fair yes, items. Maybe you could, maybe you could oh. rekindle a little something. I mean, why not? Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this. <laughs> Who knows? We might not be podcasters anymore. We might be couples book fair organizers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm I'm for it. That would yes. be so fun. Yes, you'd have a whole romance I mean, listen, session over here. You would. Well, mm-hmm. I was about to say it'd be like going into the blockbuster, or the video, not the block. Well, yeah, the blockbuster. Yeah, the blockbuster. We're mm-hmm. gonna have all the book fair stuff, the the notebooks, the stickers, the pencils, and then we're gonna have that special room with the curtain <laughs> that you feel yep. like you kind of look, you kind of glance over your shoulders just a little bit before you scurry in. <laughs> That's right. Oh gosh. Imagine the toys that are in that room. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And books. Yeah. I wonder if my mom would give me a blank check. <laughs> <laughs> you should call her. Andy and I are going to the book fair. Actually, Lillian's already in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mom. She's like, I'm volunteering. <laughs> so this was very interesting researching this episode because it was really hard to find good backstory for the book fairs. And we are not the only ones who have tried to research this. Book bloggers have wanted to celebrate the book fair of old for years, but no one can dig up too much dirt on how it started and how it went for people of our generation, especially children of the 60s and the 70s. The best we can do is that the industry has been dominated by one company since 1981, when Scholastic bought a regional book fair company in California, and then it just went super national. It just dominated. Prior to that, we can assume assume that our book fairs were hosted by local organizations, but who knows which ones? That was really difficult to track Mm -hmm. down because they might have been one-offs. Scholastic, of course, is the company that brought us Harry Potter and the Babysitter's Club and Choose Your Own Adventure books, among others. There are still some independent book fair companies out there thriving, most notably Anderson's Book Fair Company in Naperville, Illinois, which, fun fact, I used to work for Mm -hmm. around the turn of this century. I can't stand it. I know. I can't stand it. I want to work for them now. Yeah. And it was most of my job. I did a lot of things for the book fair company, um, but most of my job was packing. Oh. And so I would go through the the, – I just paid a little. I know. (laughs) It was super fun. You'd have a big list of what this particular school wanted. And you could – was it like a warehouse? Please just take me through it. Take me through it. And then it'd be like, you need like five copies of, you know, how to eat fried worms. And so you would go to the giant stack of – and did they just kind of slide off as you took them (laughs) off? Well, and they're all – they're not – they're not on the shelf like in a bookstore. Instead, they're stacked. Right, right. So I mean, and like so as you, you have pull them off. Yep, mm-hmm. they kind of slide. I bet because they're so shiny. They're so okay. shiny and they're so good. You might have like sixty copies of you know Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And then oh you'll take gosh. your five off the top and you'll put them in a big cart and then you keep on walking and then you pack up the book. I'm going to look around. You know what? I'm doing a Google search in Denver after this and just do see it. If, yes. if there's a book fair company, yeah. <laughs> and if you are volunteer. in the Chicago area anywhere and you want to start a book fair, call Anderson's Book Fair Company because those book fairs are really tailored to your school. It's really quite amazing. I love that. It was a dream job. It was a dream job. It was also hard to research the book order forms because these flimsy little, we talked about this, these little four-page catalogs printed on 
newsprint that was just barely newsprint. Like if you breathed on it too hard, it would disintegrate. <laughs> it go fluff. Yeah. It would turn into that that it's just like pulp print fluff. Yeah, pulp. pulp. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and they weren't considered valuable enough to save. People just <laughs> threw them away. We threw them away. Why would I, we save them? So the Sears Wish Book, on the other hand, that's the kind of thing that got saved because you might need to reference it throughout the year for school shopping or making a birthday list or whatever. And then those things just hung around in your house and they never got thrown away. So they're easy to find and study. Book order forms, not so much. But what we do know is that most of them came from Scholastic even before 1981. And they may have had a lot of different names like Troll or Arrow or um, Trumpet or Mm -hmm. Scholastic News or, drumroll please, The Weekly Reader the namesake of our email newsletter. You thought it was a little newspaper, <laughs> but it also had an order form. Right now, there's there's some people that they're have a giant light bulb going yeah. ding, over their head going, oh, the weekly reader, I just now get it. But you know what they did that was always really good? And I had forgotten about this until I looked um, at the sample ones we found. And listeners, we're going to give you a, a link in our weekly reader. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But I was forgetting at the back of every book order, whether it be Troll or Trumpet or Arrow, there would be one section that would be like for the next level of readers. And I had forgotten that. And the reason I remember it is because at the back of Arrow, it would be more, and I think they called it for like the senior readers or something. So the books would be a little more like, Mm kind of like little romance books, right? Like the description would be like, you know, Betsy got a date with the high school quarterback, (laughs) but you know, her friend says she's all bad. What's going to happen? Yeah. So like those ones would almost be a little bit like, wow, that's more of a, yeah, a grown-up book for me. Grown up. Mm-hmm. There is one that I don't know about because maybe I stopped getting the um, the book orders by this time. Tab was another one. <gasps> that's right. Oh, Husker Dude. Oh, did you get Husker Dude? <laughs> tab. Ding, ding, I think ding, that ding, was ding, for ding, high ding. school readers. Yes. Let's come up with a sound effect for when one of us gets Husker Dude. <laughs> we, it's live like on live. I think well, it should live. be the Swedish chef going, bork, bork, bork. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, tab, tab, book tab, order. Mm-hmm. tab. Oh yes. Oh my god. Thank you. You guys, I swear to goodness, we are going to stave off memory loss with this podcast. Mm-hmm. These this, these husker do moments are like unclenching or whatever, unconstricting these pathways to these memories that we, you know, they were there, but we haven't accessed, and now, bling. It's almost like you can feel the tingle in yes. your brain when it happens. Uh-huh. It's like yes. the synapses tingle a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tap, tap. The book. Okay. I'm so excited about that. I, I think I'm done. I think I'm done for right now. I'm you guys, so Carolyn excited. needs a nap. Yeah. Go lay down for a little bit, Carolyn. We'll get back to you in about 10 minutes. I can even see the logo in my head. Oh, yeah. you guys. Those block letters. Yeah. Like yellow mm-hmm. block letters. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Well, guess what? We have a follower, you guys, who's job it is right now to design those scholastic flyers. I, I, I mean, can't even. Talk That's about her job. job. Can you imagine? I mean, talk about a dream job. And, you know, I was curious then after she said she designed the book order forms, what the process is right now. I mean, is it similar to what we had growing up or now that we're all technologically advanced, is it all online? And so I went straight to the source. I went right to Scholastic. And it's apparent that they prefer that you order online. So what mm-hmm. happens is they Sorry. Pro- will provide <laughs> a link to, you know, the, to the teacher and the teacher can send that in their probably email newsletter to the parents with here's our book order form and, um, and you can order via that link. Although they do still 
do the paper forms, but you, you almost do. have to dig for oh, it. Oh, really? Yes. So I dug for it, and basically there was a question, do you still have paper? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like on their frequently asked questions or whatever, and they do. You have to request that. And then much like the ones that we had, um, Michelle, we were talking about, um, they send the catalog of flyers and all of that to you. So there is still that availability, but it just makes me wonder, as teachers retire and maybe age out, the Gen X teachers of the world and people like that who are trying to recreate that experience for their students that we had, is that going to slowly go away? And I'm sure Scholastic prefers the people just ordering online because it's less expensive, you know, printing the flyers and shipping and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but gosh, is that not the saddest thing? That is sad because you're right. As teachers grow older, there will eventually be a teacher who never had the paper book flyer, who never had the paper book order form. I can see the appeal where the parents just order it online. Because as a teacher, I also remember having to do all the tally marks, how many people yeah. want how yep. to eat fried worms, you know? And I was yeah. like, oh, what if I miss one? <laughs> but you guys... It's there. It's just like so many other things that are that are going away. They're taking away tactile experiences. Yeah, Yeah. the feel like we've talked about of that flyer, and I know all our listeners agree to circle what you wanted and all of that, like on the the, circling. Wait, what about the order slip feeling? You don't get the order slip. You don't get the order slip book. No, you don't. Uh, It's a completely and utterly different experience. And I just, I will, I will say this a lot. I'm sure I've said it before, and I will say it again. What happens to the tactile learners out there? When That's everything is digital. Yep. So I actually, I played around with the book order online last night. I was like, okay, I'm going to pretend I'm a parent and I'm ordering a book digitally here. And what is the first thing you ha- you have to do? You have to create an account. Put oh, in your nope. email. Create a password. Uh, password. Enough already with the creating of the account. And, the, and how many and passwords password. do we have? No, no, no. And you know what the sad thing is? I'd be out. I'd be like, I'm sorry, Liam, you can't have any books. Right. I'll take you, I'll take you to Wild Rump. We'll go to yes. Wild Rump we'll this weekend. We'll go to my neighborhood bookstore. Okay. Speaking of which, you know how you said, Carolyn, like, oh, no, oh, no wait, it was you, Michelle. Oh, no. What if you, I have to tally them all. And what if I miscount? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that happened to Liam one time. He ordered a copy of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. They were one short. The teacher gave it to Jonah. And Liam came no. home and he was just kind of confused. He was like, I don't know what happened. I thought I ordered Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Well, guess what Jonah did? I get an email from Jonah's mom explaining the situation and how she feels really terrible. So Jonah has his copy from the school book order form. But then they saw that Jeff Kinney, the author of Diary of a Wimpy Kid, was going to be at our neighborhood bookstore, also called Wild Rumpus. They go to see Jeff Kinney and they buy a copy of Diary of a Wimpy Kid for Liam and get it signed by Jeff Kinney, the author. Okay, they that's so nice. I thought she, I thought this was going in a totally different direction, <laughs> so I'm so happy right now. Me too. It all and, ended well. Uh, it all ended it's well. It's making me feel better because I'm kind of raising my hand like this. I may or may not have been that teacher who miscounted and you mm-hmm. had the little girl with the sad like, yeah. oh, tear God. coming down who didn't get it and I'm like here take my whatever like trying to totally yes. yeah. make up for it. So I I'm figuring out it's so funny that we only know this in retrospect. Like I said these little newspaper things did not appear to be valuable things so we didn't keep them. What if you could look at one and hold one in your hand I today, would, right? I would love it so much. Yes. 
Oh, I actually, if, you know what? I'm going on eBay after this. <laughs> well, I actually found a filled-in book order form, the strip, not the whole thing, but just the strip. That alone was a big deal that someone found in a book that they bought on eBay. Like they bought somebody's scholastic book from the book fair and it had their book order form in it. And it was being, it was still the bookmark was inside the book. And it's really useful because you can see what it's on the strip of paper. You can just see what books there were available to buy this person in particular. So she bought the Sean Cassidy scrapbook. Which is so cute. We got to talk about the scrapbooks in a little bit, please. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So um, Nancy ordered the Sean Cassidy scrapbook. And so it shows you at the top, it says, Arrow Ordering Instructions. Please fill in the boxes showing the books you want. Then give coupon and money to your teacher. Return order to teacher by, (gasps) and then they hand write in, Friday. Okay, this is how I want the book order to operate. Instead of create an account, and then there's a password, and it just, and then there were instructions. This was when I went online to order, it was Mr. Muffaletto's class. The instructions were like 10 things. It was not this. It was not fill in coupon, give to a teacher, right? That's all I want to do. Okay, so this is Nancy. She's in class number seven, and she got one book for 95 cents, which was the Sean Cassidy scrapbook. Um, But here, I'm just going to read you a smattering of the things that are available on her little strip of paper. So great. The Sean Cassidy scrapbook for 95 cents. The Billion Dollar Hobo for 85 cents. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The Dynamite Monster Hall of Fame, 75 cents. Dog, (laughs) that one's 40 cents. Poster, Puppy Pal, 75 cents. And right now, can we just pause? Can every single person listening... Picture what Puppy Pal looks like, because yes. I can. <laughs> We're all pal. probably picturing different, yes. but so similar yes. in pictures in our heads, that poster. If I'm lost, how come I found you? 60 cents. <laughs> Favorite wild animals of North America for 40 cents. There were so many good um, nonfiction books in the, in those little flyers. And mm-hmm. I always felt like the people who were reluctant readers or who weren't big readers, they were really gravitating toward those, um, oh, yeah. towards those nonfiction ones. When I asked Mike, he said it was always like NFL stars of the year. Those were oh, all of the, course, of right? course. You can date this little, um, book order form, everyone and everyone listening. This is definitely there. This photo of this book order form will be in this Friday's weekly reader. Yes. You can date this because Two other choices are Return from Witch Mountain for yes. 75 cents and yep. a poster Return from Witch Mountain for <laughs> yes. 75 cents. That and was a also, mm-hmm. also, you always had to have one like this, and I wonder how many people ordered it. The Scholastic Dictionary of American English. Always for a dictionary. Cents. There was always yes. something like that. There was that. always a dictionary. But your mom was probably like, yes. you should also have that. That would be help. That would be good. Okay, so the thrill of the book fair and the book orders, of course, was that you got the stuff to keep. This was yours, not to borrow. <laughs> so when we were researching for this episode, we got triple hooskerdude by a pinboard on Pinterest featuring books that were available from the book fairs and book orders in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Do you guys remember which ones blew your mind? Oh, and by the way, this is the week to sign up for the weekly reader because this is such mm. a visual experience when you, you know, I might say a title and you've never heard of it, but when you see the cover, you'll go, <gasps> it will take your breath away. <laughs> Truly, and so, I- yeah. Yes. All of these links will be in the newsletter this week. 
And you will not, I promise you guys, you will not want to miss it. Like we were texting each other. I was saying, I think I have to go to the emergency room. <laughs> I mean, the way like my heart was oh, was flipping and my brain and there were sizzles and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff going through me. So um, yes, you need to subscribe to the weekly reader for that alone. Okay. So which ones who skirdooed you the most? Well, I thought I had a list going of what were who doing me. Things like um, when I saw Georgie, who was um, Georgie <gasps> the ghost. The ghost. Oh, the, the ghost. ghost. Yes. But, and yeah. that was kind of more like picture booky. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's just take a moment to say they really like to scare us in Scholastic Book Orders. And yeah. there were so many ghost books and witch books. Mm-hmm. So Lots that was the other books. thing. So there was the Georgie, the, witch, too, yeah. Georgie mm-hmm. the ghost. And then um, the little leftover witch. I really ordered a lot of... Little Witch and Ghost Books and The Haunted Whatever. Well, I'm just going to tell you that I'm looking at the books that I said I was Husker Dude by, and I would say six of them have the word ghost in them, and five of them have the word witch in them. Oh, my gosh. Pretty much so. I mean, there are a bunch on here, and all the Encyclopedia Brown books. Yes. Books that I got Mm -hmm. from Scholastic. I agree, Carolyn. It, it's not so much hearing the title, but seeing that cover. And mm-hmm. two for me are a book called Nothing's Fair in Fifth Grade. And that cover, I will have that in the Weekly Reader. Um, that book and also a little book called The Peculiar Miss Pickett. And that that just like I knew... I, I don't know. I just felt like I felt like it all the way to my core when I saw that book. She's this little witch lady and the cover of the book, she's on like a little flying carpet. And so I know I read that. But and there are two little I, children next to yeah. her. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And I remember that the story as soon as you sent that, Michelle, and maybe this is why the three of us are sitting here right now, is that we were our breath was taken away yeah. when we saw the cover yeah. of Peculiar yeah. Miss Pickett. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, literally it did that same thing for me. And then I remember thinking I want a babysitter like that. I know. A babysitter. (laughs) Such a fun memory. Yes. The ones that that Husker dude me the most, the first one was a book called Katie John. So Katie John was a total tomboy. She had braids. She wore jeans. And the cover of the book looks like it's from the 60s -hmm. or maybe even the 50s. There was something. Then there was Depend on Katie John. There was Mm -hmm. a whole whole series of books about Katie John. And I just love the fact that her – she had a boy's name. Katie I still John. have my original. My, Do you really? Uh, yeah. Oh and when I posted it on social media, it was only a couple weeks ago. People went nuts. Everybody I loves did. those Katie, Katie John, John books. Yeah. I want to share one specific memory that involves the cover. And it is probably my only like true specific book order memory. And it's in fourth grade. And I'm coming back from lunch or wherever we do on the very top of my book order um, stack is The Witch of Blackbird Pond. <gasps> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably I was first attracted because it said the word witch, and I was all about witches. But truly, and I'm going to hold this up for you guys, I think it was because this cover was probably the most adult cover of any book I'd had. It looked very much like a book my mom would have read. So I'm covering something up for you here. Hold on. Let's see if I can do this. Okay, so it was this cover. Oh, the red. Oh, it's almost scary. It kind of is. It looks like a romance. It looks like the Thornbirds. Yes, it will it exactly. Look like it was thorns. looking a lot like adult books at the time from the yeah. font and everything. This was like I graduated. I was reading <laughs> adult books. I mean, honestly, and, I, and I'm going to give this picture to Michelle so she can show you all what I am thinking. The similarity from the font to this kind of capey dress thing kind of blowing in the wind. 
And that memory, I will never forget it. It is this cover. And it was like, truly, I had graduated to, to be an adult reader. That mm-hmm. is awesome. I that can't even so- say that I read the book. For a long time. Because <laughs> yeah. it was kind well, of scary. It is a grown-up book, especially for mm-hmm. fourth grade. Mm-hmm. I know. Exactly. I should add that as we talk about these books that we were either hooskerdued by or books that we remember buying from the book order or buying at the book fair, I should add that 100% of them were mentioned by someone in the comments on our book fair post in on Instagram. So every time we say a title, people out there are nodding their right, heads. Right. I mean, that is the beauty of this podcast. I realize that this is a very visual thing and you may not be able to see everything, but every time we see a title, it's like every time a bell mm-hmm. rings, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> right, right. Somebody is nodding their head. So um, the ones I remember having, my very first book order, I think, again, was done unbeknownst to me. When I was in kindergarten, I got my tonsils out. And while I was in the hospital, I got a Lots and lots of presents, lots and lots of ice cream. And I remember specifically a big stack of books that my mom brought to me. And now in retrospect, because of how those books were packaged, because they had the stapled binding, because they had the little gold sticker in the top that said 95 cents, I know that my mom ordered those from the book from the book order form. And there were a whole mess of them. Um, I remember Iris Sleeps Over. Um, I remember getting a book called Socks by Beverly Cleary. One of my, Ooh, I, I still have my original yes. too. I love about the it kitty so cat. Much. There's yes. a little kitty on the front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, a little white. It's a little white hardcover yep. with the little yep. black drawing of socks. Yeah. I got. I think Ramona the Brave, and this in the hospital is also where I was introduced to Francis, the little badger oh, Francis. Right. Yeah. And I have on my desk right now. Not just did I not only did I get the Francis books, but I got the Francis book with the record so that you could listen to the story. And we talked about this a little bit in our picture book episode, and if you listen to that episode, you can hear a little bit of the record too because Francis's voice is so distinct and it is mm-hmm. stuck in my memory forever. If the wind does not blow the curtains, he will be out of a job. If I do not go to the office, I will be out of a job. And if you do not go to sleep now, do you know what will happen to you? I will be out of a job, said Francis. No, said Father. I will get a spanking, said Francis. Right, said Father. Good night, said Francis. The other things that I remember getting from the Scholastic Book Fair very distinctly were um, a biography of Farrah Fawcett. And I was so fascinated. In the in the middle, there were photos like throughout her life. And there was a picture of her as a little girl. It's like a school picture. And she's wearing her brownie uniform. Cute. And her hair is all straight. It's like in a little bob. And I was like, that's Farrah hair? That's bizarre. Um, and then I got novelizations like crazy. So mm-hmm. again, everyone that I'm going to mention here, somebody in our comments mentioned this novelization. I had The Apple Dumpling Gang, Herbie Rides Again, The Shaggy DA, The House Without a Christmas Tree. And then I got a book called Seven Alone, which was a novelization of a made-for-TV movie, <laughs> which was oh, a no. total, it was a little house knockoff. It was like a family of seven in a covered wagon going west. Mm. And we played Seven Alone after school every day. Oh, really? Every day. Yes. Wow. I don't remember yeah. that one. I loved the novelization. I don't think anyone else too. does either. 
I was all about Garfield and Family Circus and joke books and comic books. I wanted the stupid joke books so badly, and I thought they were (laughs) hilarious, right? Um, Also, how many of you, and I know a lot of you, because every time I post this on social media, people lose their minds. I always ordered that year's Guinness Book of World Records. 100%. Who can still picture that red cover? And sometimes I posted, which cover was your cover? For me, I got it every year, but that red cover. Mine is red. And we can all still picture those long curled fingernails, right? (laughs) Yes. We can all picture the two very round twins on the tiny motorcycles. (laughs) On the motorcycles. It's like the book just fell open to that page. Yes. And we can all still picture the very, very giant old man in his kind of old, like 40s suit. And he's kind of stooped over. And then the little normal sized man standing next to him. Wait, do you mean the tallest Mm -hmm. man in the world? Yeah. So he was the giant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The tallest man in the world. I remember that one. Yeah. And Tom Thumb. Tom Thumb was also in there too. He was the littlest man yes. in the world. <laughs> Tom Thumb. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then lastly, I just want to share that I was enamored with the fiction books that had descriptions like this. This would These would have been three books that would have been right up my alley. One is called Light a Single Candle by Beverly oh, yes. Butler. And it says, 14-year-old Kathy wants to do things her own way, but no one will let her. That's because Kathy is blind. (laughs) (laughs) I would have loved that. And it's a picture on the front and she's got her seeing eye dog and he's a German shepherd. Well, you look, what's the copyright date of that? It was 81, I believe. I looked it up earlier and it's not on my notes, but I believe most of these are around like 80, 81. Um, But yeah, I loved books like that, you guys. Oh my gosh, so fun. Uh, People on Instagram also mentioned books by Judy Bloom, Beverly Cleary, Family Circus, Peanuts, Clifford, Little Monsters, How to Eat Fried Worms, Dory the Witch. There were so many. It was so interesting to hear from our followers what books they remembered getting. Let's just read a few of those. Yes, our friend Kids Book Crusader shared that um, they remember biographies of teen television, music, and movie stars kind of like your Farrah Fawcett, Mm -hmm. I guess. Adaptations of movies like Benji and Herbie the Love Bug, Freaky Friday, and the Little House books. That's where I got my Little House books, by the way. I want to let everyone know was through Scholastic. Um, C. Corpstein says, we moved several times as a child. Scholastic book orders were a comforting, familiar thing in a new school. I remember begging to order the Active Enzyme Lemon Fresh in Junior High School Witch in 1973. I was only nine, and my teacher said it was too old for me. I was a very gifted reader and finally convinced my parents and my teacher that I should order it. I loved that book and I read it over and over. And you guys look what I have. (gasps) There it is. I have the same book. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I've never even heard of that book. I haven't either. Well, like you, Carolyn, I ordered anything with witch in the title. (laughs) And I loved this book. I And I never could say it. Like, I still have to look at it to say it. The Active Enzyme Lemon Fresh in Junior High School yeah. Witch. <clears throat> How 70s is that? The Active Enzyme <laughs> yes. Lemon Fresh in Junior High School Witch. Right. It's yes. so great. And that cover is pretty 70s, too. Yes, it is. And at SP Frock says, my most memorable purchase was the Karate Kid book. I couldn't wait for it to arrive. And when Miss Alessio placed it on the base of the chalkboard, I ran up to grab it. <laughs> I love that you still have that memory. I also, know. that would have been I a great novelization. I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, at Uncle Mark said, one of my distinct memories is getting the TV time, 72 or 73 or 74, a preview of all the new shows and cartoons to expect that particular year. Oh my gosh. How cool. I, know. I don't remember those. Well, I actually have a picture of one. I'm going to bring it up right now and show you. Yes. 
Okay, here it is. TV times 78. I have. And there, can you see who's on the cover there? Oh my, oh my gosh. Oh, I can't believe I, I didn't that order one. that. It's Christy oh, McNichol. It's Willie Ames. It's Wonder Woman and Rerun from What's Happening. <laughs> and then I don't know. It looks like. It's Grizzly Adams. Oh, is that Grizzly Adams? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and that's the, that's the bear. Got yeah. it. Okay. That's Ben. That's yep. TV time 78. So I that would be a, a, like a rundown of all of the shows that oh, were coming. what a fun. And Marvel Ann said, I always bought Ruth Chu books about magic. The Wednesday Witch, Magic in the Park, etc. I still have them all. I also bought the Peanuts Lunch Bag Cookbook. I have that one too. I think I have that too. Which has some mighty strange sandwich concoctions in it. I just checked my bookshelf and I have a copy of TV's Top 10, all about the top shows at the time, such as Little House on the Prairie and Emergency. I love that she still has those, though. I know. How much would you kill to have that just to see what were the shows you were watching in 1978? Mm -hmm. It's like a time capsule. Really? And we thought these were throwaways. I'm sure that got sold in a garage sale. Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't that sad? Angel Bick says, I also remember ordering the pistachio prescription by Paula Danziger and Are You in the House Alone by Richard Peck. Oh, yeah. And, yes. And also The Cat Ate My Gym yeah. Suit. That's I, also by Paula Danziger. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's I love author. the scholastic order form. I would save up my money and loved when the books would arrive. Those are some stellar Gen X picks right there. Right. Yes. Um, also, Newbie M says, I remember buying A Bargain for Francis and A Birthday for Francis at a book fair when I lived in Germany. I still have them, and they're stamped inside with the date I bought them. Some I remember ordering when I was in elementary school are Little House on the Prairie, Be My Valentine, Charlie Brown, and It's the Easter Beagle, Charlie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) So much peanuts. Uh, The Easter Beagle. The Easter Beagle. um, I know. The little ears on. Uh, Carolyn... Kay Perry says, I still have a couple of my scholastic book fair finds in my attic, a book about Michael J. Fox, a picture book about Princess Diana, and a book about the movie Space Camp. I'm sure I always grabbed a Garfield book and a bookmark too. That's interesting because that would have been after we all aged out of it. A little bit, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I love that, you know, they still kept it all going. The picture mm-hmm. book about Princess Diana, I would have bought that. And, and Michael J. Fox. I know. <laughs> At Social Distancing Maven, she said, I still have a few that I know I got from the Scholastic Orders. Empire Strikes Back, The Black Hole, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Wonders of the World, a few of The Little House on the Prairie, and Anne of Green Gables books. Island of the Blue Dolphins, and I'm raising my hand, I'm right there with you. Mm -hmm. And my favorites, The Black Stallion and Summer Pony, and literally any book about horses. Oh my so gosh. many horses. So many. Misty of so Chingy. Were you guys Anybody? horse girls? Yes. Was that? Oh. No, oh, yes. I never. I was I a horse girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't like any books about horses. I didn't read them. I just ordered them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. How many of the books that we ordered did we actually read? Did you actually read? read? I just wanted to have it. <laughs> that's right. And Lorso said, tail end of Gen X era here, 1976, baby. I love to order all the Garfield books. All the Babysitter's Club, all the Sweet Valley High, and of course, drum roll please, Dynamite Magazine. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Dynamite, because mm-hmm. almost all of the comments that we read here were prefaced first by something like, 
Well, Dynamite Magazine, of course. And then blah, 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 blah. And then their list Mm -hmm. of things. Every single person mentioned Dynamite Magazine. The extra dollop of joy that came from the book fair and the book orders was the stuff that went beyond the books. Mm -hmm. And like we said, two things in particular, Dynamite Magazine and the posters. So if you have been with us from from the beginning, you may recall our episode about Dynamite Magazine in, was it the first season? I think it was. was. 1982. (laughs) That was our first season in 1982. And that episode grew out of the collection of Dynamite magazines that we inherited from our Dynamite benefactor, Mm -hmm. Martha Kunau. It is quite the jackpot. And she donated those to us. And we will be forever grateful. So in our collection donated from, from Martha, my favorite cover, my favorite Dynamite cover of all time is Missing. It's not there. Oh. I'm wondering if maybe Martha loved it too hard and it just fell apart because I know <laughs> oh, oh, that no. she would have been into this episode. So I just found it and I bought it on eBay. So here it is, my favorite cover of all time featuring Sean Cassidy and Chewbacca. Yes, that's classic. <laughs> and we just should have asked screen, Sean about that. We should have. We should have. Yeah, we're still time. well. We're still yeah. Next time we're still. Yeah, yeah. Time. Did you um, enjoy yeah. your time with Chewbacca? <laughs> you guys, if I if there's one image that screams 19 what 78 more, yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it is. It, it, you're right. That's exactly what it is. It screams 1978. Mm-hmm. That's like, all you need. Roar. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the way <laughs> it screams it. Monday and my heart still still. <laughs> <roar. laughs> I love that. Um, my so my my Sean Cassidy Chewbacca one. Just for reference for everybody, it cost me eighteen dollars on um, on eBay, and I thought that was well worth the money. It comes to my uh-huh. house, and Mike is like, "How much did you spend on this?" <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Eighteen dollars uh, is what it's investment. It was. Angel Bix remembers getting the dynamite issue featuring Fonzie and Pinky Tuscadero on the cover. I totally bought that issue. I remember specifically Mm -hmm. I was in Mrs. Bullwig's class when that one came in. Well, and also just a little plug here. We also, listeners, have a great episode all about that Fonzie and Pinky Tuscadero Mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. People also mentioned um, Bananas Magazine. Oh, my God. That just means I got who screwed it, everyone. I was like, uh-huh. And then it was like it was delayed almost. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This is this whole episode of us saying a word and people going, Whoa! <laughs> Okay, now I have, I have too much to do today, and now I'm going to be going down a deep rabbit hole googling um, bananas. bananas magazines. Banana, and that's it had going on social media this week. It looked the same as Dynamite. It was like the same format and almost bananas the same magazine. font. It was a little bit different, but um, I don't what, know. Was it, was it like more of a grown up Dynamite, or I what? Have was no idea. I don't have. I don't know. What I don't do remember ordering it. I think I was a Dynamite gal. Well, I'm going to do um, some exploring, and I will get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. Okay, I also I think that the um the mascot of the scholastic book fair was the poster. Most famously, of the kitty hanging from its claws, and the caption says, hang in there. That's so funny. 
that's the mascot of the book fair. There it has just, to be. Um, yeah, for sure. There are just a few book order forms available to look at online, mostly from the early 80s. And the thing that busted my world wide open was how we got the posters. Because every form is full of things like, buy three books and get this poster. Buy any book and we'll send you a poster for free. I mean, <laughs> we were eating it up. And all of the posters really, I mean, with a few exceptions, it kind of fell into one basic category. Kitties. Puppies, <laughs> bunnies, horses, horses, <laughs> horses. Yeah, it was all kind of the same. Put a kitten in a basket. I was all in. Kitties in oh, yeah. baskets. Kitties in baskets. Can I tell you too? Speaking of posters and how you said, I love how you said it's the mascot. Yeah. Well, can I say one thing about the posters? Yeah. The only thing that kind of disturbed me about them is that they were all folded up. Remember, they rolled. I mean, the book fair, I think you could get them flat, maybe. But the ones that came in the book order Mm -hmm. form were like, you know, Mm -hmm. folded into quarters. Mm -hmm. And that always bothered me a little bit because there was always a crease. True. There was a a conundrum when you got home. Like, how do I get rid of these creases? Creases, right. Yes. Uh Do I iron it? What if I put lots of books on it? Will the creases come out? So here's a comment from um, a website called Branded in the 80s. And this just cracks me up. It is together with the picture of the kitties in the basket. Among my childhood school papers were some of the posters of horses and kittens and puppies we got from various book clubs. It all seemed silly to me, and as I unfolded yet another sickeningly cute poster of kittens, I asked my mom what kind of little boy likes this stuff. Then my three-year-old son walked into the room, and when he saw the poster, he started yelling, Cats! Cats! (laughs) And he did a little dance and grabbed the poster from me like it was the best Christmas present ever. Troll sure knew their audience. No joke, right? (laughs) Right. They uh-huh. totally had us figured out. I was getting a lot of um, a lot of horsey posters. That is for sure. So um, mm. here were some of our comments from our Instagram post. Marvel Ann says, I was once allowed to order something that wasn't a book, which was a poster of two cute Yorkie puppies. It was on my wall for years. <laughs> and then Angel Bix again, she got out of the, the puppy and the, and the kitty genre. She says, I remember the posters also. I got a Sean Cassidy poster and later a Scott Bayo poster that were exclusive to Scholastic. Oh, oh exclusive. Ooh. Then forget exclusive. it. We yes. have to have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there were also some other things for sale at the book Mm -hmm. fair. This is part of what made it so exciting is that we were being tricked into thinking that this wasn't about education. <laughs> no, like I said earlier, I was a sucker for those things then, and I still am today. I mean, bookmarks, fun erasers, pencil toppers, right? The sticker books. Do you guys remember the giant things? Like the giant pencil or the giant calculator (laughs) or the giant eraser. I loved the giant things, but literally it was a giant pencil. Like you could probably not use it. And a giant, I remember the giant eraser. Like you're like holding it with two hands, (laughs) you know, the giant pink pearl eraser trying Uh to erase it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I just loved all the little stuff. And I still do. You should see my desk drawers. Well, I know I'm speaking to the choir here. (laughs) Yes. Well, and when I remember volunteering, the hot item, and maybe it still is, was this finger pointer. Do you guys remember (gasps) this? Yes. Like this big stick and then this finger pointer at the end. Oh, my gosh. Did every kid want one of those? Uh And then you have the check, you know, you'd be the mom volunteering to 
Okay, did your mom say you could get a giant finger? finger. Mom said it was okay. I don't even know what you did with that. Pointer. Well, no, but then it became like a FOMO thing because don't you remember that, well, like, sure. say for some reason the finger mm-hmm. pointer, you know, took off, and then all through the week that the book fair's there, kids are coming in and asking, yes. "Can I go to? Can I go to the book fair after I finish math? Can I go to the book fair?" And you're like, "Why?" And they're like, "All of a sudden, by Friday, your entire class has finger pointers." Yeah, and you're like, "Why? Who started the finger pointer?" But nobody could stand it to not have the finger yes. pointer. Yes. <laughs> Right. That's kind of yeah. what happened with the finger toppers, I think. Like if people in your class – finger toppers. That's yeah. what happened with the pencil toppers. Because yeah. if mm-hmm. everyone had a strawberry pencil topper, the, you had to have a strawberry of pencil course. topper. Mm-hmm. Carolyn actually talks about the pencil toppers in our in our Husker Do episode because there was a little lemon with little <laughs> legs that hung down on either side of the, of the eraser on your pencil. And when she saw it, she was like – Bork, oh bork, bork. Yeah. Like, Husker do. It had, like, eyelashes. It was, yes. you don't want to say it was a slutty lemon, but yeah. it was just like... <laughs> She's a sexy lemon. Vibe to it, yes. Yeah. Sexy lemon. Yeah, yeah and it came lemon. in all fruits, though. Yeah, it did. all there sorts. They of had fruits. little dangling legs yeah. and arms. But you could not have yeah. a bare pencil after that. No. no. Well, you and the trolls. Well, yeah, and the trolls that you the could twist. Were, yeah. You could make their mm-hmm. hair go nice, and then you could, you know, f- roll your pencil back and forth between your hands, and their hair would go. Wah! Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had to collect different trolls. You had to get different colored hair, right? Of you course. couldn't have just one troll. You had to have the pink troll and the blue troll and the turquoise troll and the green troll. But then, of course, if you're in my class, they get banned because they're distracting. In fifth grade, in fifth grade, my friend Judy Bolton and I, um, we had those desks that the top lifted up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we would stay in during recess. Our teacher, Mr. Rockefeller, would let us stay inside. And Judy and I made houses, elaborate houses in our desks with paper, like little <sighs> couches and beds. And they were for things like our pencil toppers or our trolls. We actually would take the caps <laughs> off our markers and make little like eyes on them. And oh then God. we would just come up with like, like, you know, it would be like the apartment for the, that's where <laughs> everything is lived. personified. Mm-hmm. That's where your little lemon lady lived. That's right. It was all that yeah, kind of stuff lived in there. Our trolls uh-huh. lived in there, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it was mm-hmm. super, we were fifth graders. That was mm-hmm. a age appropriate um, thing to do. So X Lee X 77, she says, I specifically remember buying this little book about kittens and the first page was all kitten stickers. Sold. Oh, don't even. <laughs> all yes. caps. Sold. Again, I might have just peed a little. Yeah. <laughs> imagining, imagining that. And what if you bought the book and you didn't know it had the stickers <gasps> in it? You just bought it because you love kittens and you got home and you, the moment you realize there's a page of stickers, a jackpot. Yeah. You just won the lottery. Recaptured the 80s says, and don't forget the cool bookmarks with the yarn tassels. Yes. I think I still have some of those like in a box somewhere. Oh, that would be great to find. Mm-hmm. And then Dutch Gal says, I also would buy erasers and, wait for it, Mad Libs. <gasps> my love Always bought Mad yes. Libs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys, what what do we all know? That yeah. wordplay is my foreplay. Yeah, that's correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it will come to no, as no surprise to you guys that once I discovered Mad Libs on my book order form, I was all in. I mean, every time they were offered, I was buying them. To say that I love them would maybe be an understatement. (laughs) And I probably drove like my parents crazy. So when I first discovered them, I would be like chasing my parents around the house. (laughs) An adjective. Give me an adjective. Proper noun. Proper noun. And then I'm like, now you have to listen to this. But I had to be very strategic, again, because of my scarcity mindset. I had to do them always in pencil so I could erase it. And do, use oh, them again because, sure. oh, you know, smart. you only had a set amount. And, and they yeah. were always different because people would give you different answers. 
And I loved them so much that, again, trying to recreate that love in my students, I, I used Mad Libs as bribery tools as a teacher. Oh, funny. And, of course, if my students stayed on task and got all their work done, we could spend the last 10 minutes of class doing Mad Libs. And I was a cool teacher. I let them use, you know, words like fart and butt <laughs> and things like that. So Did we you let them get... use penis? Because penis was well, a big one. Well, I know. Ours. I think, no, I had to draw the line. You have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. But so fart, was, if you're, yeah, could, you're the yeah, cool we teacher. We could do if you fart, fart and butt and things like that. But no, like, genitals. Okay. <laughs> and that's an easy like, rule to follow. No that genitals. That seems like a hard line to cross. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. seems like a hard line to draw. They loved me. And they loved them. I mean, they would beg for it. They would say, could we do Mad Libs today? So I like to think that I helped keep the love of Mad Libs going because you guys, of course, because I do what I do, I had to go down a little rabbit hole on Mad Libs and the history of Mad Libs. You guys, 1953, 50 years ago is when (gasps) they came to be. Wait, that's not 50, that's 70. Yeah, that's a lot. That's 70 years ago. Oh, uh-huh. well, you know what? The article I read <laughs> <laughs> was 20 years old. <laughs> you know, Christian's yeah. a mathematician, everyone. So if, she, you, if <laughs> anybody who knows me thinks that I'm the mathematician, that is just like the funniest thing ever. See, I mean, I, honestly, you guys, I mean, make sure I don't sign any contracts for us <laughs> or anything like that because I believe everything I read. So I'm like, oh, it's the 50th year. Oh, my God. Well, no, that was because I read an article that was written in 2003, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right, correct? Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. You guys, believe it or not, Mad Lib celebrates its 70th birthday this year. <laughs> what? Oh my god. It's like a grandma. Mad Libs are a grandma. <laughs> yeah. So here's a little history on the background of the Mad Libs. Mad Libs was created by a gentleman named Leonard Stern. And in 1953, he was actually a scriptwriter for the Jackie Gleason show. Oh. Okay. He's a comedian. And, yes. Mm-hmm. He's a comedy writer. <laughs> Why is that funny? (laughs) Because you already said he's a comedian and I had to, whatever. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So one night he's at his apartment working on a script for the show and he has to come up with a a way to describe Ralph Cramden's uh, boss's notes and he just can't find the right words. So his best friend comes over. They're supposed to go out for the night and Leonard's like, I can't leave until we come up. I come up with the right description for this, um, for Ralph's boss's notes. (laughs) So I need, and so his friend said, okay, what do you need to, to get us out the door? And he said, I need an adjective. And so Roger <laughs> oh replied with clumsy and naked. And then <laughs> Leonard, of course, started laughing and told Roger that Ralph Cramden's boss now has a clumsy and naked nose. <laughs> and right away they thought, this might be something. Yeah. So they wrote a story, leaving out some very important words. And at a party that evening, played the game with their friends. The friends loved it. They said, this has to be a thing. You have to make this. So they self-published the first edition of Mad Libs. And they got them into bookstores, but they weren't really selling. But then one day, guess what? Well, at this point in time, Leonard has moved on from the Jackie Gleason show. And he is the head writer and comedy director for the Steve Allen show. Oh, my God. And he suggested to Steve one evening that they try Mad Libs as kind of a way to introduce guests And the audience could supply the adjectives, the missing words. And so that very first night, the guest was Bob Hope. They did it. It was a hit. Within the week, all of the Mad Libs from everywhere sold out. Unbelievable. so fun. On so many levels. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. 
You guys, this has been so fun. Look at the legacy that was left by the book fair. The day of the book fair or the day your book orders arrived clearly outshines any party that our room mothers ever planned, right? The Valentine's Day party, Mm -hmm. all this, it pales in comparison to book order day or the book fair day. The feelings are huge. And because of that, it is my dream, my dream to have Worldwide Crush included and available in the Scholastic Book Fairs. It would be such a full circle moment, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's the perfect book for uh, a book fair. Yes. I think this book screams Scholastic Book Fair. Well, just like the finger pointer, sometimes books became the thing that everybody had to go get. Especially when I was a teacher, I remember like a book just caught on like wildfire. I can see then everybody saying, I have to come, I have to get Worldwide Crush today. Right. And you can just see from this conversation that we've just had how meaningful the book fair was to us to now be a writer whose book is included in the book fair. That's incredibly meaningful. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how to make this happen because it's a very secretive process. It's not like getting your book into a bookstore or into a library. I don't know how to do it. Even my publisher is trying to figure out how to make this happen. So if any of you listeners work for Scholastic Books or you have friends who work for Scholastic, your mission is to find out how to get Worldwide Crush to be considered for this auspicious honor. The winner gets a a prize. I will come to your house and give you a hug or something. I don't know. three of us will. The three of us will come to your house and give you a big hug if you manage to get me a good connection. Oh, I get vibes. this many times. What if we had book fairs for adults? What if we revived the book fair as, say, a corporate event or a fundraiser? What if you had a book fair day at work and your department was just waiting to be called down, <laughs> right? It's almost time for accounts payable. <laughs> accounts payable is on Tuesday. HR's on Wednesday. Yes, HR's <laughs> on Wednesday. You guys, this, I mean, we're laughing, but I know. the goodness. I I think this would be, Uh this could be a hit. I totally agree. And I'm especially thinking of you people. I'm not sure that Scholastic would ever do this, but all of you who live in the Chicago area and you have your own local book fair company, Anderson's Book Fair Company, if you work for a company who would like to have accounts payable come down on book fair day, I think you should give them a call. Let's make this a thing. And we have evidence that these grown-up book fairs can be so fun because you know what? We had one. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was beyond my expect, my wildest expectations. Yes, it was. Really. When people came in and they saw the table full of all the goodies, all the stuff that they remember, we had like the good stuff, the stickers and posters um, pens and posters. Yeah. They were giddy. And then our friend Victoria, who owns Kama, a bookshop, had a table all full of fun books that were kind of crush related. So it was yeah. really a mm-hmm. themed event and people were buying uh, books. The, the feeling in that room when people were doing that was indescribable, to be honest. This yeah. is a thing and yeah. we're going to make it our mission to make it happen. We are going to bring grown-up book fairs to the masses. You heard mm-hmm. it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so many of you told us you loved seeing our grown-up book fair merch and wondered how you could shop. Stay tuned. 
for a virtual PCPS book fair where you'll be able to order all the fun stuff we created and curated, like the groovy postcards in tons of different designs, which are perfect for displaying on your bulletin board or popping in a frame. Uh, we have posters, iron-on decals, stickers, so many stickers, notebooks, keychains, notepads, pencils, and yes, even the classic pen with a different color little ink tab at the top you push down. You guys remember those, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I've even thought of this, like because we're trying to conceive of how to make a long-distance book fair happen because some of our, our listeners are spread all over the world, really, not even all over the country, but all over the world. And I'm talking, like, how can we make this happen? What if you did it like a muscular dystrophy carnival? Remember, you would send away for your muscular dystrophy carnival kit, and you would hold your own carnival yeah. in your backyard. Oh, what yes. if you? What if we could pe- like make yeah. a box of our book fair merch, and we hooked them up with a book partner that was near to them, and then like they buy the box of merch, and then they sell it in their backyard, yeah. and they can donate it's- the proceeds to. Um, I was going to say Harry Truman, but Jerry Lewis. <laughs> It's so fun. It's such a great idea now. Yeah. I think that would be so fun. Our state fair is a great state fair. Don't miss it. Don't even be late. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for listening today. Thanks to our society members for sharing all of their book fair memories on social media. In honor of your grade school book fair and the impact it had on you and your reading habits and your love of books, I think everybody should take a little extra time today to sit down with a favorite book and get lost in the pages. Thanks so much, and we will see you next time. And if you'd like to help support the work of the Pop Culture Preservation Society, you can become a monthly dues-paying member over on Patreon. Patreon members get extra bonus material from our episodes and lots of other fun gifts, all sent to you in appreciation for supporting our work. And don't forget, this season, our Solid Gold and Bicentennial-level patrons will be getting video sneak peeks of our episodes a few days before they drop. And sometimes, they'll still have the bloopers in them. <laughs> Uh-oh, trust oh, God, me. what have we done? <laughs> there are a lot. Or you can make a one-time donation on our website. Just scroll down until you see a button that says, Help us keep on trucking." And that'll take you right to a donation page. You can also find support links in The Weekly Reader, our weekly email newsletter full of episode extras and fun pop culture trivia. And like we said before, this is a week you definitely want this in your inbox. We, it's going to be like a, just a bonanza. A, a weekly reader bonanza. Yes. <laughs> To sign up for our newsletter, just go to our website at poppreservationists.com. That's plural, by the way, poppreservationists.com. Mm-hmm. And each week, we like to thank the people who support our work with their Patreon memberships. And today, we'd like to thank Joanna, Leanne, Deb, Kimberly, Kimberly, I didn't just repeat myself, although I kind of did, but it's two Kimberly's. <laughs> Anisha, Robert, and Emily. Thank you so much. Thanks, you guys. And if you're a regular listener, you must enjoy what you hear. Have you left a review yet? If not, what are you doing? <laughs> Consider doing it today because it really does help us a ton on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Even just clicking those five stars gives us a huge boost. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of the cast of Three's Company. To good times. To happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, you guys. 
The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. Something always happens whenever we're together. We get a happy feeling.